0: She walks by the sea, counting shells on the beach, one, two, three. She picks them up one by one, collecting their ocean suns. She puts them inside of her pocket, and walks them back to the town. And she says to all of the people, I collect. Did all the sounds I all the sounds hello and welcome back to collected sounds I am your host Amy L and I'm really glad you're here the story we're reading is called the dead smile by F Marion Crawford there are four chapters to this story and I'm reading each one as a separate episode I have already released chapters one and two, so if you've not heard those yet, please go back, download those, and listen before listening to this one. I hope you enjoy this creepy tale. Let me know what you think of this one, or if you have any ideas for future stories you'd like me to tackle. You can reach me at CollectedSounds at gmail.com, and there's more contact info in the show notes. Are you sitting comfortably? Then I'll begin. Chapter three. Gabriel Ockram became Sir Gabriel, inheriting the baroncy with the half-ruined fortune left by his father, and still Evelyn Warburton lived at Ockram Hall, in the south room that had been hers ever since she could remember anything. She could not go away, for there were no relatives to whom she could have gone, and besides, there seemed to be no reason why she should not stay. The world would never trouble itself to care what the Ockrams did on their Irish estates, and it was long since the Ockrams had asked anything of the world. So, Sir Gabriel took his father's place at the dark wood table in the dining room, and Evelyn sat opposite to him, until such time as their mourning should be over and they might be married at last. And meanwhile, their lives went on as before, since Sir Hugh had been a hopeless invalid during the last year of his life and they had seen him, but once a day for a little while, spending most of their time together in a strangely perfect companionship but though the late summer saddened into autumn and autumn darkened into winter and storm followed storm and rain poured on rain through the short days and the long nights yet okram hall seemed less gloomy since sir hugh had been laid in the north vault beside his father and at christmas tide evelyn decked the great hall with holly and green bows and huge fires blazed on every hearth then the tenants were all bidden to a new year's dinner and they ate and drank well, while Sir Gabriel sat at the head of the table. Evelyn came in when the port wine was brought, and the most respected of the tenants made a speech to propose her health. It was long, he said, since there had been a lady, Ockram. Sir Gabriel shaded his eyes with his hand and looked down at the table, but a faint color came into Evelyn's transparent cheeks. But, said the gray-haired farmer, it was longer still since there had been a lady Ockram so fair as the next was to be, And he gave the health of evelyn warburton then the tenants all stood up and shouted for her and sir gabriel stood up likewise beside evelyn and when the men gave the last and loudest cheer of all there was a voice not theirs above them all higher fiercer louder a scream not earthly shrieking for the bride of ockram hall and the holly in the green bows over the great chimney piece shook and slowly waved as if a cool breeze were blowing over them But the men turned very pale, and many of them set down their glasses, but others let them fall to the floor for fear. And looking into one another's faces, they were all smiling strangely. A dead smile, like dead Sir Hughes. One cried out words in Irish, and the fear of death was suddenly upon them all, so that they fled in panic, falling over one another like wild beasts in the burning forest. When the thick smoke runs along before the flame and the tables were overset, And drinking glasses and bottles were broken in heaps and the dark red wine crawled like blood upon the polished floor Sir Gabriel and Evelyn stood alone at the head of the table before the wreck of the feast not daring to turn to see each other for each knew that the other smiled but his right arm held hers and his left hand clasped her right as they stared before them but for the shadows of her hair one might not have told the two faces apart they listened long but the cry came not again and the dead smile faded from their lips while each remembered that sir hugh ockram lie in the north vault smiling in his winding sheet in the dark because he had died with his secret so ended the tenants new year's dinner but from that time on sir gabriel grew more and more silent his face grew even paler and thinner than before often without warning without words He would rise from his seat as if something moved him against his will and he would go out into the rain or the sunshine to the north of the chapel and sit on the stone bench staring at the ground as if he could see through it and through the vault below and through the white winding sheet in the dark to the dead smell that would not die always when he went out in that way evelyn came out presently and sat beside him once too as in summer Their beautiful faces became suddenly near and their lids drooped and their red lips were almost joined together. But as their eyes met, they grew wide and wild so that the white showed in a ring all around the deep violet and their teeth chattered and their hands were like hands of corpses, each in the others for the terror of what was under their feet and of what they knew but could not see. Once, also, Evelyn found Sir Gabriel in the chapel alone, standing before the iron door that led down to the place of death, and in his hand there was a key to the door, but he had not put it into the lock. Evelyn drew him away, shivering, for she had also been driven in waking dreams to see that terrible thing again, and to find out whether it had changed since it had lain there. I'm going mad, said Sir Gabriel, covering his eyes with his hands as he went to her I see it in my sleep. I see it when I'm awake. It draws me to it, day and night, and unless I see it, I shall die. I know, answered Evelyn, I know. It's as if threads were spun from it, like a spider's drawing us down to it. She was silent for a moment, and then she started violently, and grasped his arm with a man's strength, and almost screamed the words she spoke. But we must not go there, she cried. We must not go. Sir Gabriel's eyes were half shut, and he was not moved by the agony of her face. I shall die unless I see it again, he said in a quiet voice, not like his own. And all that day and that evening he scarcely spoke, thinking of it, always thinking, while Evelyn Warburton quivered from head to foot with a terror she had never known. She went alone on a grey winter's morning, to Nurse MacDonald's room in the tower, and sat beside the great leather and easy chair, laying her thin white hand upon the withered fingers. Nurse, she said, what was it that Uncle Hugh should have told you that night, before he died? It must have been an awful secret. And yet, though you asked him, I feel somehow that you know it, that you know why he used to smile so dreadfully. The old woman's head moved slowly from side to side. I can only guess. I shall never know. She answered slowly in her cracked little voice. But what do you guess? Who am I? Why did you ask who my father is? You know I am Colonel Warburton's daughter, and my mother was Lady Ockram's sister, so that Gabriel and I are cousins. My father was killed in Afghanistan. What secret can there be? I do not know. I can only guess. Guess what? Asked Evelyn imploringly, impressing the soft withered hands as she leaned forward. But Nurse MacDonald's wrinkled lids dropped suddenly over her queer blue eyes and her lips shook a little with her breath as if she were asleep. Evelyn waited. By the fire, the Irish maid was knitting fast and the needles clicked like three or four clocks ticking against each other. And the real clock on the wall solemnly ticked alone checking off the seconds of the woman who was a hundred years old and had not many days left outside the ivy branch beat the window in the wintry blast as it had beaten against the glass a hundred years ago then as evelyn sat there she felt again the waking of a horrible desire the sickening wish to go down down to the thing in the north vault and to open the winding sheet and see whether it had changed, and she held Nurse MacDonald's hands as if to keep herself in the place and fight against the appalling attraction of the evil dead. But the old cat that kept Nurse MacDonald's feet warm, lying always on the bag footstool, got up and stretched itself and looked into Evelyn's eyes while its back arched, its tail thickened and bristled, and its ugly pink lips drew back in a devilish grin showing its sharp teeth. Evelyn stared at it, half fascinated by its ugliness. Then the creature suddenly put out one paw with all its claws spread and spat at the girl. And all at once the grinning cat was like the smiling corpse far down below, so that Evelyn shivered down to her small feet and covered her face with her free hand, lest Nurse MacDonald should wake and see the dead smile there, for she could feel it. The old woman had already opened her eyes again, and she touched her cat with the end of her crutch stick, whereupon its back went down and its tail shrunk, and it sidled back to its place on the bag footstool, but its yellow eyes looked up sideways at Evelyn between the slits of its lids. "'What is it that you guess, nurse?' asked the young girl again. "'A bad thing, a wicked thing, but I dare not tell you, lest it might not be true, and the very thought should blast your life.' For, if I guess right, he meant that you should not know and that you too should marry and pay for his old sin with your souls. He used to tell us that we should not marry. Yes, he told you that, perhaps, but it was as if a man put poisoned meat before a starving beast and said, Do not eat, but never raised his hand to take the meat away. And if he told you that you should not marry, it was because he hoped you would. For of all men living or dead, Hugh Ockram was the falsest man that ever told a cowardly lie, and the cruelest that ever hurt a weak woman, and the worst that ever loved a sin. "'But Gabriel and I love each other,' said Evelyn very sadly. Nurse MacDonald's old eyes looked far away, at sights seen long ago, and that rose in the gray winter air, amid the mists of an ancient youth. "'If you love, you can die together,' she said very slowly." Why should you live, if it is true? I am a hundred years old. What has life given me? The beginning is fire, the end is a heap of ashes, and between the end and the beginning lies all the pain of the world. Let me sleep, since I cannot die. Then the old woman's eyes closed again, and her head sunk a little lower upon her breast. So Evelyn went away and left her asleep, with the cat asleep on the bag footstool. And the young girl tried to forget Nurse MacDonald's words, but she could not, for she heard them over and over again in the wind and behind her on the stairs. And as she grew sick with fear for the frightful unknown evil to which her soul was bound, she felt a bodily something pressing her and pushing her and forcing her on. And from the other side she felt the threads that drew her mysteriously, and when she shut her eyes, she saw in the chapel behind the altar the low iron door through which she must pass to go to the thing. And as she lay awake at night, she drew the sheet over her face, lest she should see shadows on the wall beckoning to her, and the sound of her own warm breath made whisperings in her ears, while she held the mattress with her hands to keep from getting up and going to the chapel. It would have been easier if there had not been a way thither through the library by a door which was never locked, It would be fearfully easy to take her candle and go softly through the sleeping house and the key of the wall lay under the altar behind a stone that turned she knew the little secret she could go alone and see but when she thought of it she felt her hair rise on her head and first she shivered so that the bed shook and then the horror went through her in a cold thrill that was agony again like myriads of icy needles boring into her nerves Thank you for joining me for Chapter 3 of The Dead Smile by F. Marion Crawford. The Collected Sounds theme song is by Canel Elanian. The music you hear behind the story is Box, Book 1, Prelude and Fugue, No. 8 in E-flat Minor by Carlos Gardels. Thank you again. I hope you have enjoyed the story so far and that you will tune in next time for Chapter 4, the final chapter in the story. I suggest you subscribe so you don't miss it. Until next time.